Welcome back to Sunday Night Geeks, where movie critic Leo Rydell and filmmaker Chris Hicks talk the latest in movie news and reviews. Join us every other Sunday and weigh in on the discussion. Now let's talk geek. Thank you so very much, Tori, for that awesome intro. And Chris, man, I am so ready to talk some stuff tonight. How you doing today, buddy? Doing great, Leo. It's great to be back. We're ready to kick some butt. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying not to cuss, y'all. We usually usually there's an F bomb that'll drop in the middle of the stream, but we're trying to trying to hold back for you guys out there. We want to kind of keep things PG, at least with the language. Hey, we don't yeah, we don't want to leave anybody out. Nope. And if cussing offends you, well, we want you to still love us, so we'll do our best for, just for you. But it is cool, and it's great to retool and be back with you, Leo. I think uh, I think this time, this one's going to stick. Yeah, man. It's been a little while since we had our last episode, everybody. I mean, I, what? It's been probably about seven, eight months since we've done an episode, but it's nice to be back and nice to be talking some new movies and new movie news and I was going to start with The Gentleman, but we talked a little before the podcast started, and we think it'd be appropriate to start with The Rise of Skywalker. And just kind of, I, I just kind of want to ask you, Chris, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I've got a different format for the other two movies, The Gentleman and Bad Boys, because we're going to actually kind of dive into those. But overall, how did you feel walking out of The Rise of Skywalker after seeing the movie? Um, I felt nothing uh here's why i think star wars was over for me to give some backstory i think in 2012 is when lucas sold it to disney and i knew this was going to happen so uh you got the force awakens coming out and it was it wasn't bad it was jj abrams and it didn't i didn't mind it you know, they had the MacGuffin, go get this, we need that to find Luke, and we have a bunch of mystery boxes. Okay, that's what JJ does, right? And okay, those answers are gonna be those those answers are gonna we're gonna see those answers in the next film. No, we're gonna go a completely different route. Okay. And then here comes the rise of Skywalker that just poo-poos on the original direction that they're going in, and all the JJ Abrams mystery boxes, and just gives you this hold on to your seat because we're going to drag you through every single possible scene <laughs> as fast as possible and uh, just give you no time to breathe um and we're going to try to put a coherent story together um but we're also going to try to uh, hit all these points that we want to hit it, it just felt really agenda driven and i don't mean it necessarily agenda driven as like rays of mary sue everybody knows that nobody needs to argue there's no character development she can because reasons and we got those reasons and those reasons are just uh, uh, no bueno <laughs> um and it's it uh it was never leading up to it so it never had that feeling you get when you see the emperor let's say in return of the jedi and i know it, and it, it's dude i'll maybe okay to, to end it real quick leo because you're going to come back i know how you feel about this kind of too. So um, it left me just going, okay, I just, you know, threw my hands up, like, up, ah, you know, threw my hands up, turned around and went like, what was I going to expect? I'm not mad. I'm not pissed. I'm, I'm not even disappointed. I'm just, oh, I'm just over it. It's like, it's like if you're a, in love with Star Wars, it, it just ghosts you and became a different person. Like, oh, it's not even Star Wars. It's like not even close to what you thought Star Wars was anymore. And now you have to turn your back on it. I mean, now you have to go Star Wars. A lot it's just of, done for me. And I, I guess you're kind of in the minority here because a lot of people that didn't like The Last Jedi really liked The Rise of Skywalker. And as you know, I was a Woo! big fan of The Last Jedi, but even after watching The Rise of Skywalker, I felt like The Last Jedi was a waste at this point because there were so many things swept under the rug, corrected. You know, I feel when watching that movie, I felt as if kathleen kennedy was over jj's shoulder going like all right here's what we need to erase here's what we need to check off and it just feels like a checklist movie to me it feels like all right well we're gonna get rid of all the stuff that we kind of tried to make different in the last jedi and all the unique plot twists that we took in the last jedi we're gonna try to kind of squash those out because the fan base didn't like them and we're gonna bring in the emperor and it just felt so 
desperate to me. It felt desperate. Did and the like, fan base ever say we want Palpatine back? Not, not, dude. At all. We we I, I will say, on the prequel. Was- we went. We we loved the cartoon series. When did when did us fans ever go? You know what? We need us some Palpatine. Now here, Give I, me some I will say it was cool Palpatine. to see the Emperor again, but I wanted Fudge. Kylo Ren to be the guy, and he wasn't the guy. Uh, and I'm just like, dude. Okay, so you mean to tell me this dude killed Snoke? Uh, and he's not our guy still. Like that, that was such weak sauce to me. I really wish um, the duel of the fates how is I what feel. ended up being the movie. Oh sure yeah, you saw that script. Yes. So I, yes. I would have loved for that to have been the movie with Kylo staying evil and Ray's parents actually being nobodies, no fucking emperor. The only role the emperor had was as a hologram. Like that would have been a much better outcome for the story. This. This just felt like a desperate attempt to close things they thought everybody wanted to, them to end. Fucking desperate to me. Ooh, yeah, she, you did it first. Anyway, but I get, yes, Leo, you're exactly right. But, you know, here's the juxtapose, you know, right? Um, you know, about a year ago, you you and me were on this different, you know, different sides of it. Like, you're, you're kind of feeling how the, a sting that I kind of felt with um, The Last Jedi. And I can hear it in your voice. You, you, I think for the first time, your expectations were subverted, and you don't like that direction that they were subverted. Am I correct, Leo? Well, I, I like the last 20 minutes of the film, but no, I don't like everything that was erased. How do you feel about, how do you feel about the new force abilities? Like the healing and the flying. Well, look. <laughs> I never thought of Leia's. The, here's here's your lightsaber that I, I gave you as a fly. With the f- I always thought of it oh, as a very powerful force pull. However, I, you know, I just I didn't mind the the new force abilities. I wasn't upset by that. I was upset by things like Ray's lineage. All right, they wanted to yeah. go the nobody route, but then they kind of cut back and said, "Well, hold on, nobody liked that. We got we got to cut back and." And make sure she's got an important ancestor. So they bring the emperor back for that reason. Bogus, man. Palpatine. What? Yeah. That's bogus. They're like, hey, two birds, one stone. We get a backstory and we get Palpy back. Yeehaw. We get a awesome villain back. Yay. Uh, 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 It was a lot. It was a lot. But I will say what they did do well is I I thought. Our destroyers went back. I really liked. Finn and Poe, and I, I like their friendship. They didn't get enough backstory in this entire equation to me, but I liked the trio of characters, and I just kind of wish we had more. I wish there was more Kylo Ren e- being evil. I wish he never even turned back to Ben Solo. I wish that that Ray kind of what I what I don't like about Ray's character is there's no moment of remorse really until the Chewie thing happens, but there's no. There's no sense of of I don't know. There's no lack of confidence. There. The she doesn't have acting. a master. She doesn't have no. anybody there to really guide her and teach her the right way. She does have a master. She calls Leia master. Oh, that's right. Well, that was kind of cool. The I best didn't like acting the, the Jedi in stuff, the whole tr- the best acting in the whole trilogy from her was when Chewie's ship blew up. Oh, or man, didn't blow up. So she was like, Chewie! And I'm like, oh, I felt it. I felt it. Okay, that's some acting right there. Bruh, oh, yeah, I, I, I was about to go off if they killed Chewie like that. Oh, no, no, no. For, no, no way did I think that that was really going to happen. No, no way. But it, I, no, I was watching did, the whole man, movie I like... Been mad. <laughs> no, I was watching it like like I watched Suicide Squad. No, no beeps given. Like, you can do what you want to me. You're not going to surprise me. You're not going to win me back. I'm just watching this so I can complain about it. Like we've voting. Com- we've complained. So, out of 10, yes. I would say <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I-, I give it a 7. A 7 out of 10. Oh. And honestly, I think Go. that's below what I had. I think I had it at a 7.5, but... The more I think about it, and then after the the new script dropped for the Duel of the Fates, I'm like, dude, this would have been a way better movie. I think that dropped it down to a seven for me. Only gave you a point differential with that script. Yeah, no, it's a five for me. Is. 
if I have to give it, you know, I don't want to, I would give it lower, but that would just sound petty. But no, it's just, it's, it gets a five for me because it looks really cool. But here's the, here's one more thing. The Emperor went Austin Powers. He's like, I want Star Destroyers with freaking laser beams. <laughs> and this, they, they got their Death Star Destroyers with freaking laser beams. They did. <laughs> Coming out, which they got. So there you go. All right, so you're going 5 out of 10. I'm going 7 out of 10. And now we're moving on to another movie, arguably better, The Gentleman, which is Guy Ritchie's first kind of movie back in his style. Like, I, I didn't feel that with Aladdin. I didn't feel that with the King Arthur stuff. Didn't feel that with that second Sherlock Holmes movie. But I feel like this is a um, Guy Ritchie movie this time. Now, The Gentleman is about... Really? Uh, a man named Mickey Pearson, who is an American expatriate who, beca who became rich by building a marijuana empire in London. When word gets out that he's looking to cash out of the business, it soon triggers an array of plots and schemes from those who want his fortune. This is starring Matthew McConaughey as Mickey Pearson, Charlie Hunnam as Ray, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Henry Golding, Hugh Grant, and so many more people on screen, guys. This is a packed cast, and I just wanted to start out with some of the things we liked, Chris. I mean, it was it was a good movie. I want to start with you. What is what are a couple of things you liked about this movie? Um, first off, huge Guy Ritchie fan. Totally uh, snatch when that came out. I think that really lit the fire yeah. under my butt. Um, a lot of my style for filmmaking, we talked about this before, Leo, comes from those great characters that he develops and putting you in this whirlwind story where you got to hold on to your butt and listen to every word that's being said. And you get this, it, it, if he does it right, you get this great payoff at the end of all those movies. Listen to I'm in love with single thing. Too. Dude, I'm in, yeah, I'm in love with it. So when, when I found out like that, this was a guy Ritchie film, man, I, I was like, okay, here we go. So I, I really loved it. Let's just say it's, it's, Guy Ritchie, almost at his best. He's almost back in form, but I think it's just not the mid to late. He's not the mid-2000s anymore. I mean, the late 2000s, yeah. or early 2000s, excuse me. It's just not that style. So you get a little bit of that, but then you get a little bit of modern mix into it. So I think this is a really good, now that I'm speaking out loud, Leo, mix of traditional film, his style mixed with a more modern take of his style. And this is the first film showcasing that so i was uh, the the likes i love the characters uh colin farrell's character was hilarious yeah coach was um, awesome coach was awesome there's a lot of the witty snappy dialogue i didn't even know that was hugh grant in the beginning for a long time because he puts on this big cockney accent he goes oh, i don't care if he's chinese japanese get on your fucking knees and i'm like is that hugh grant <laughs> that, that's hugh grant i'm like no no bleeping way like that's that is so cool how it's rich. It, that's Guy Ritchie. He takes a guy who you like Jason Statham. You know what I mean? They takes a guy like that and he goes, you know what? I can see him like this guy. And yeah. Like, and then changes like, them. You, you changes them. And he, and he, and he yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just really cool to see him back at his own. Um, I, I kind of felt like Matthew McConaughey's character wasn't fleshed out enough for me a little bit. I think this film could have gone longer and gave us more time with the characters. Um, but um, I really loved those British hip hop kids who could fight, and they're doing the yeah. fight porn. I I, I really I love that. My name is Ernie. My right is heavy, and my left <laughs> fist is dirty. And it's like it's just like in the middle of this, we're watching fight porn, and it because Guy Ritchie can just write dialogue so well. Everything that's coming out of everyone's mouth is witty and sharp, and the editing is on point, and the sounds on point. The opening credit sequence, I fell in love with that song so hardcore, Leo, that I went on YouTube <laughs> and I. It took me two days to find out who sang it, but I found it's called "Cumberland Gap," um, by David Rawlings, and I, dude, it's right here in my lap on my iPad, right on this. It's right here. I'm looking right at it. I Dang, fell in love with it. Bro. So, yeah, so I love the film. Those are my positives, but I got some negatives, but let's hear your positives. Man, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I just, I love that the story was very, wasn't very linear. You know, we got some kind of mixes of non-linear and bouncing around storytelling in there. And we got some really nice twists and turns, man. I think I, like you, I really enjoyed the characters, Mickey Pearson, Coach, 
dry eye even. I mean, Henry Golden, yeah. seeing him not in like this rom-com perfect sure. man role, it was cool to see him like being a ferocious bad guy and trying to like make his way to the top and like prove himself. And his character to me was almost a representation of his acting because he started his acting with Crazy Rich Asians or his main his big screen acting right. with Crazy Rich Asians. It's like, all right, that didn't come out too long ago. He's still kind of the 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 little fish in a sense. And now here he is in this movie playing a, a character just like that who's trying to climb his way to the top and ends up, you know, trying to get there. So I really liked his dry eye. I loved the style of this movie. I really, really enjoyed it, man. Like Coach and and his and the entire crew in the fight porn was awesome. Like I just wanted more. I wanted a little more from wanted, him from Mickey Pearson. Yeah. Like just a little bit more from those characters would have been would have been nice. And I do like that you have to be sucked into the movie because that's how Guy Ritchie movies are supposed to be. You have to be sucked in or you're gonna miss out. So he I does a su- he, this movie. He does such a great job of doing that with witty dialogue and and cool modern uh, modern or, or old fashioned songs or songs that you wouldn't necessarily think fit in a film. He he has a great like the whole running sequence right after the guy you know not to spoil it the, but there's there's an accident and they have like to get the cell phones. Right. <laughs> There's an accident, right? <laughs> so they have to chase and get the cell phones. He just has a really cool way of just mixing songs in. And I love the whole, you know, the the, the cinematography. You, I can tell that that was all done either by passing cam or steady cam. It's just really cool, um, th- those aspects. So I, I'm hungry for more. I think the coach, Colin Farrell, I think they, he could deserve his own his own film. Yeah. But I love, like, one of the favorite things is the, the faux hook. The, the Chinese kid, Fohuk. And and he's like, all right, Fohuk, come the fuck down. And it was just like, I, I spit out. I was like, ha! it's just, it's witty, but it's played so freaking dry. And for I'm just a big fan of British comedy. So for me, dude, I, I can, you can hear the excitement in my voice. I love it. I can't wait for it to come out so I can just continue to watch it. Add it to my guy, Richie Statham, man. My, my Statham of films that I get to watch. So I'm cool with that. Uh, no man, I mean it was it was definitely one of his best ones in years. Cause I mean, let's be real here, Aladdin, and... the Hollywood shit guy. Yeah, Stop the, did you pay the bills? You paid the bills. Like quit. You got the, the bills paid. Shit. Let's let's quit get the back Hollywood to the guy crap, man. Stuff. All right, give us some more gangster. Yeah, and I, I guess get this is John a Boyega in one of your next films. This is I swear to Jesus to, to the dislikes. And I think okay. my biggest dislike was just that I wanted more from those characters. I wanted a little bit more Mickey Pearson. I wanted a little more Coach. I wanted some more Dry Eye. I wanted to know kind of who these guys are. Like, I want to, especially Coach. He just kind of drops in and is just around to really help Mickey's cause. And I'm like, who, who is he? Who are these guys? I wanted a little more context on them. I, I agree with you, and I think the Lester, and I can't remember the the guy with the beard. I can't remember his name, but they're they're constant going back and forth. Yeah, you know, they're pissing contests where he's trying to explain what he already knows. That typical Guy Ritchie chew him up dialogue scenes, you know, yeah, was getting in the way of some character developments. And that was another think, thing for me was that the story kind of got a little confusing at times. I was like, never confused. Uh, there was actually a couple times that where it was hard for me. Which to part? I'm curious. I'm curious, especially towards the beginning. I don't know. Just the sometimes when they were bouncing back and forth from the dialogue between Hunnam and uh, Hugh Grant, back and forth from that to the actual story. Sometimes I was getting kind of confused at where they were. Like, wait, where are we in the story? Like, I, I was just getting a little confused. The editing issue with you, or. I don't know I if it was, was a plot. necessarily editing or as it was like story. I could see that. I could see where I could see that. Yeah, because I was I, just I was, getting a little jumbled up in some of the details, but it really got me back in. Like it wasn't hard for me I to get I could see back, that. Yeah, but I was just kind of like taken from it a little bit. A few introducing times. dry eye was a little confusing. I, I had to like think back. Okay, how many gangsters are in play? What's going on? It, it, yeah, I could see how you could. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it wasn't as polished, I think, 
as normal Guy Ritchie films. But I also feel like maybe there was a lot of things left on the cutting room floor here. For I mean, time's sakes, I think be. they cut. I, that's how I feel. But that's just my opinion. But the negatives, I think we're on the same page with it. Not enough character development. Not enough time with these characters. Maybe just a little bit of wonky editing or storytelling uh, that kind of gets a little confusing with his non-linear approach to storytelling. Yeah, it just got a little confusing during a couple parts. And I was like a little confused about Jeremy Strong's character. Like I get that he was the buyer, but I was kind of just like, all right, where does, how is he so sinister and where does his character really slither in into this? So I, I just, a, a little bit more in all of the characters would have been very appreciated. He sets a lot of stuff up without really giving an explanation. Uh, just ex kind of expecting it. Maybe you just understand who this character is just by what's being said and how they act without yeah. necessarily telling us. And that's something that's what we want to tell us. But we had to figure out that, okay, you're right. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Strong, is that his name? His character yeah. is like, uh, it's almost like he's two different people and you don't really get his full motivation till the end. And you almost, so, you almost could have most of the movie with out him um definitely he could be in the he could just be a minor thing that pushes mcconaughey's character into like desperado mode yeah but so. he becomes a he becomes a more integral plot point yeah and I, as the and film goes down that's not a bad choice but it was a little just a little jarring just a little bit not we the best not eye. you know not his best script no. not his best script but i mean definitely up there uh what, what are you going to give this one out of 10 what would you say eight yeah, I was I was solid leaning eight. towards a seven and a half, but it's it's definitely a solid eight. I, I especially compared to Richie's other like more recent films. This is less Hollywood. This is more Richie, and I like the gangster comedy, the snappy, witty style that this movie has going for it. And you know what I do appreciate is it didn't try to go full Kingsman, in that it was like, all right, we're a Hollywood blockbuster. We're gonna you know make beautiful action scenes and it's going to be a full full-on shootout like no they were quick they were concise and they were out like there wasn't this like very stylish shoot 'em up scene in the movie uh it was the you know the kind of the world he was creating was a little bit like i wouldn't say less realistic but it was a little bit more realistic like in the grand scheme of things you do not want to cause a scene if you don't have to and the whole point of his his go-to man or his right-hand man was like, I don't want to cause a scene, but if I do, I'll, I'll take care of the business. We'll get taken care of one way or another, but I don't want to do it that yeah. way. So <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit more realistic, grounded in reality. and doesn't have to give us that spectacle. Um, his charm is back. I think, I, you know, I'm ready to see, um, you know, what, uh, what more he can give us. Uh, I think the marijuana thing though, dude, like, can we find a different gangster element? Like, ah, uh, give me you somebody know, that's a little bit more ruthless, like brick top or, um, who is the, who, I forget the villain in Lockstock. Um, it's just really good, but, um, I want somebody with a little bit more teeth. Yeah. Somebody doing a, something, something doing a little bit more nasty. I, I don't want to say I don't, the drug was too soft in the movie. That's why I didn't like it. If it was heroin, I would have been like, Oh, it's, that's the heroin trade. But, um, the entertainment side of me was like, ah, a little bit. I agreed with you. By the way, Leo does a great video. You should check it out. He breaks down and reviews The Gentleman. It's a very, very good take. Um, so, yeah, Leo. Appreciate that, man. Uh, and I, I agree. It is kind of surface level, if you will, in terms of drugs. Like, it could have been heroin, could have been coke. It could have been something a lot less legal. Let's just say M that. the MDHA or whatever those kids are taking that Molly what it could have been something like you know something like that I don't know yeah some or new or some kind of new drug that was just taken up the market I don't know cool. but it was interesting though it's still cool like his whole infrastructure and the way that he sets that that character up uh, yeah. but I really do think they could have done so much more with the McConaughey character all right so we're both going eight out of ten for the gentleman. Let's move on to another recent movie that just came out, which <laughs> I am excited to talk about this, guys. Bad Boys for Life. Uh, the first Bad Boys movie to be not be directed by Michael Bay. Um, and Bad Boys for Life brings it felt back like old, it, though. 
It brings back old school cops Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett as a team up to take down the vicious leader of a Miami drug cartel. Newly created elite team Ammo of the Miami Police Department, along with Mike and Marcus, go up against the ruthless Armando Armas. And I gotta say, man, I, I like this. I liked bringing these guys back. You know, you got Will Smith and Martin Lawrence back as Mike and Marcus. You got uh, what Joe Pantoliano. He's back as Captain Howard. Teresa's back. Like, you got the old gang back. And I don't want to spoil one other cameo in the movie. But very early on, you see somebody stuck around from part two. You guys will know who I'm talking about. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil for you guys, but oh, I love stay that. Stay seated, and you will love who stuck around. There's also some new actors too. Uh, Vanessa Hudgens comes in, Alexander Ludwig, and a couple other kind of newcomers. I don't, to be honest, man, like the the newer cast, I didn't really recognize any of them. Neither did I. So I didn't I even know like, right, Vanessa cool. Hudgens. I didn't even know she was in it. Oh yeah, man. She was uh one of those one of the ammo members. You didn't recognize Vanessa oh, Hudgens? No. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I remember did not. he was like, What is this? Some kind of high school musical? <laughs> he dropped the reference. Oh, was that a that was a deep cut then, yeah. but uh no, I didn't re I didn't recognize that. Yeah, man. So she's in and again martin lawrence will smith are back and man we'll start with the likes of this i, I just it was funny man you know what i really do i have this to movie? admit it what it's funny yes it was, oh, it was yeah, funny. Yeah. i have to admit i thought you were like i have something to admit but i i gotta say it's funny and they don't try to act like they're young like they're not like oh this is like two years after the last one didn't like no they're older guys and what's a nice kind of juxtaposition in their character is that Marcus is the one that wants to leave. It's been a while. It's been 17 years since the last movie. These guys have been doing this for a long time. Marcus wants to retire, but Will still wants to stay young and in the bad boy's life. And it's nice to see the consequences of that in the movie. Uh, again, don't want to throw any spoilers in there, but I, I really liked their characters together this time because there was a better kind of juxtaposition between the two of them there's great comedy great synergy between these actors um and i i liked that ammo team i thought there were some cool backup actors nobody none of them were trying to like outshine will smith or martin lawrence or anything and they were like great accessories to the team uh there was some fun action cool twists and turns again i love will smith and martin lawrence and honestly when when have we seen Martin Lawrence in a good movie in the last like ten or so years? Like I'm like, dude, Roscoe Jenkins, that movie sucked. Like, uh, I, I don't really know. Was Roscoe much. Jenkins after Bad Boys Two? Because I think yeah, it was after. The, like, like Martin Lawrence kind of lost his mind a little bit and went bananas for yeah. a while after. Uh, there's reports of him running around the, you know, just doing oh some God, crazy in the things. Of the highway on right? drugs. Yeah, <laughs> and you, yeah, you can obviously see he's been eating his feelings. Yeah, um, he's chunky. Uh, I'm, he's chunky. But you know what's funny though, Leo? Before I get into it, it's like his weight. You could you, he loses weight from the opening scene to the middle of the movie. He, he's thinner. Yeah, I was like, has anybody noticed this? Because when he dings the car door and he goes, you could buff that out. He's poof, dude. He looked like he just ate eight Big Macs. And then like, as the movie goes on and he's got his glasses on and he's going, this is like HD. He's a little thinner, a little thinner. So I think he I think he saw the dailies and was like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. I better get back in the gym a little uh -oh. bit. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm I'm with you, man. You can't take these films seriously. They're fun. They're action. Uh, they are what they are. Uh, the the original came on HBO all the time when I was a kid. So, you know, I would just watch it, every, you know, all the time. So it, it just stuck in there. The second one, I actually went to the theater and saw with my friends oh, man. and really enjoyed so it. So good. Um, that high octane. You know, yeah, I enjoy it bad. It's, it's, it's my Fast and the Furious movie. My Fast and the Furious movies. I just love the two. Problems I have with it a little bit. We'll get into that. But as far as like loving the actors and the characters that are in it, like the angry police chief, it's very cliche, but it's always kind of shot really cool. And it's done in that Michael. This one isn't, but the original ones were Michael Bay. 
productions. And this even feels slow-mo. like Michael Bay Jr. Yeah, you got. Yeah, but you didn't get the Michael Bay pan. I don't no, think there was a 360. Oh, we got to oh, gear up. No, you know, no. One... on the on the rooftop there was it was similar. It wasn't 360, but it kind of pulled back out from them, and that it wasn't like me the the first. Little... Oh, oh, okay, you're right. But man, the first one when they're on the tarmac coming out of his Porsche and the, the yeah. Miami signs in the back, I'm like, dude, it's cut low and it's spinning around them on the. You know, I mean, that's just the coolest shot in the world, know, man. Right? I, love, I love it. That's a but bay shot. It, it, I was I was really excited to see those two play off each other, but you know, um, uh, no, no buts. But uh, it's as far as bringing in the new characters, uh, I would have loved to see more with the team. Um, but I didn't oh, want it to go yeah. Twenty One Jump Street, so I'm kind of glad where they where they kind of kept it. Um, it was it was really cool to see who stuck around as he just looks the same. It's I know. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I oh wish they God. I wish they would have. I wish they would have thrown back real quick to a black and white of Reese, just showing everybody again what what they put that guy through. But um, uh, it was really cool. There, but there was some heartfelt stuff that happened through the movie. No spoilers, but um, it, it, I think if 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 this is the end, that's a cool way to go out. I it's think not. it's the best you could get. You don't think so? Oh no, Bad Boys Four has been confirmed. No way. Yep, Bad Boys Four has been no, confirmed. No, dude, in development. Oh, I thought they. You know, man. Okay, can I, we get I into so can we get too. into negatives? Can we'll we get into in, negatives? We'll go into negatives. Want... We'll go into negatives. I'll okay. let you. I'll let you start. It's the same old, same old. Yeah, there's I, nothing that was, really new. That was my biggest like negative when I was Lawrence is a crybaby, and huh? it's one last time, and uh, you know. And, and, but I thought that the backstory of what um, is it, Mike? Yeah, Mike Lowry. Yeah, his backstory about the whole. Oh my God, that came out of nowhere. That didn't fit. I don't think that that fit really well. Like, eh, oh, the I, I'll, I'll just throw the hint out there: the woman, the woman, and the and her child. Yeah, and his, a, what a he was doing much. before he was with Miami Miami Day Police Department. I was like, no, no, no. No, you you just you almost did a Disney where you just pulled some shit out of your butt. <laughs> it would just like try to like you you really did dodge expectations with this one. I it was a little. Other charm. than that, dude. Oh yes, thank you. That's a, exactly what I was looking for, and I didn't believe it. I don't believe it. I still. Um, that's my least favorite part. Um, the interactions between Martin Lawrence and him are just the best parts of it. But that is other than the same old, same old. Those yeah, are my negative story was pretty surface level. Oh, start trying to stop another drug lord. You know, it's like eh, this is kind of the same that we're used to with bad boys. Yeah, but, but Leo, this this time drug lord is twist. <laughs> but what I will say, there's no is twist, least, no twist in other movie. <laughs> at least this one has twist. There's not seven or eight of these. This is only the third one. You know, like and that's going back to like the seventeen Fast years and like and other movie franchises like that you've got like eight or nine or ten of them it's like when is it gonna stop but this if, felt like a Wilson... nice end in that. well they did confirm the fourth one but it would have been a nice end to the series i thought the fourth one i would love to see them like training some I know. young kids <laughs> well i mean training what are you gonna ammo. do with it like i'm i'm not gonna care well you know, you know what's gonna anymore. happen and i bet you they is... never they never bring up the, anything that happened in the other movies. Like, have you ever been in love before? Are you going to tell Marcus you're not in love with his sister in that whole fucking movie? <laughs> like, right? all like, that come shit. On. <laughs> you know, he'd never been in love before. He was in love before when he was 21, when he was an undercover police officer. But not with your sister. Who, not with, you know, we blew up half of Miami and we went to Cuba for. For real. Nah. <laughs> no. Beautiful no, Gabrielle. Didn't love her. That was just That was just some puss. Do you think they couldn't you get can't. her back? I don't know. Maybe they couldn't say her name for legal purposes. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was like, they, they didn't even mention her, bro. Like, nope. as if she'd been scrubbed nope. off the planet. You there? I had to take a drink of water. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was getting a little dry. My fault. 
but yeah, other than <laughs> there's some there's some like really ridiculous. Okay, you gotta like really suspend some disbelief here, and it's not suspending disbelief for the action sequences. It's suspending disbelief with the way the story is going, and it, you know it may not it may not be the I don't know. Let's just be real. It's there not the are, best story, but if you're in love with the characters, thrown in there though, that I was like, all right, all right, I'm feeling this. I'm just gonna say the chief. That's all. Oh yeah. <laughs> you trying to tell me you didn't kill anybody? Come on, man. You know come I killed on, people. Come on, come <laughs> on. <laughs> well, out of ten, just love I my glory, dude. I'm gonna, I I'm gonna shoot character. high with this one, man, because I love my action films. Oh no, I'm going eight out of ten with this. I loved it, man. I had such a good, fun time with Will Smith and Martin Can't. Lawrence again, and I like this series I give better it a, than like I give it Fast a seven. and Furious. I, like I do too. Than, like Fast and Furious and. Some of the other kind of later movies and some action franchises, like I'm not gonna say MI6, but four or five week. But it's it's better than Expendables. It's yep. better than you know. I, I I love the M. I love the Mission Impossibles. I like the. I don't really like the James Bonds that much. Um, I I give it a seven, just for nostalgic purposes. It can't get an eight because the story's not great. No me to rhyme, but I'll do it every time. I'm just kidding. No need to rhyme, but I'll do it every time. <laughs> there you go. I give it a seven. And that's just being generous because I laughed out loud a few times. <laughs> All right, bro. So you're going seven out of ten. I'm going eight out of ten. Let's hit our next point, which uh, has to do with Star Wars again. Um, Kenobi. Uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which is supposed to be on Disney+, Plus, was actually supposed to debut later this year well it has been delayed indefinitely and it's reportedly because of kathleen kennedy that she was not happy with the obi-wan kenobi script and it also comes after a poor reception of the rise of skywalker now this is also after scott derrickson left doctor strange 2 after some creative differences new mutants has been in production hell i mean that did recently get another trailer but it's gonna be pushed back again I mean, what the heck, man? Like, a lot is going on with Disney, it seems like, to me. But what's up with Kenobi? Like, do you think it's a good choice to just push it back and rework the script like they did with Rogue One? Or should they just have pushed that out? Um, No, it's never good to just push it out. Um, It's always good if it's not... I'm not agreeing with Kathleen Kennedy because I don't know... If she doesn't like what it's coming out, what it was, I, it must have been horrible. Because she has horrible taste. I don't know... Um, it's 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 obvious. She's always just been a shill for George Lucas. George Lucas thought he had a plant um, with Kathleen Kennedy when it came to the legacy of Star Wars, and he didn't get that. Um, so he made a big boo boo with her. But anyway, I I don't care um, about the Obi Wan Kenobi series necessarily because I'm you know pretty much done with Star Wars, and I think no Mandalorian, bro. Mandalorians, I haven't even finished one one oh, episode. Dude. One episode of it. I just don't know. I don't know why I don't care. Um, I like Darth Vader. I like the dark side of it. I want to see more of the the villains, the heroes. I want a Vader series. I want a Darth Maul uh, series. I want um, I want something that. I, I don't know. I want something that this is not going to happen from Disney for me when it becomes a Star Wars because of all the stuff that's happening. So me personally, I I know about what you're uh, about the the script and they're not liking it and her lying about it um and then coming out and delaying the whole damn thing but it it, it if the answer to your question is yes is it always good to pull back uh, absolutely if it's not it's not if it's not there and it's not what they want or whoever it is you know i'm speaking as a filmmaker now when i say that you hold it i've done it that's I, that's been a mantra of my own career it's why i've uh, personally my own personal projects are few and far between because i don't settle and obviously, when you're dealing with Kenobi and that franchise, and you got Ewan McGregor on board, you can't screw with that. You cannot give him subpar dialogue. You cannot give him subpar stories. You have to give it the Mandalorian treatment. It's got to be better than the Mandalorian. So you have to raise your bar up. And if it's not what, if they're not coming out with those scripts, then yes, by all means, you hold back on the project and you wait for something to come out. And you know, I will judge whether or not I give two turtle poo poos when I see a trailer. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's some things going on, like some creative differences 
all around at Disney, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see for a trailer, because I don't know, man, with Derrickson leaving and the New Mutants being on such a struggle in production, it's just so weird. Oh my god, so I gotta kind of, this is gonna be a little different, but uh, breaking really sad news, uh, Kobe Bryant has just passed away uh, and was involved in a helicopter crash. Just seeing the the news reported by like TMZ and the New York Post, um, Kobe Bryant was just killed in a no. In a Leo, are crash. you kidding? I'm I'm so serious, man. Wow, that's that's extremely extremely sad. No way. Yeah. Uh, sorry to kind of <laughs> be a Debbie Downer, but I just I figured we might as well just break that news since it just happened. Oh, Jesus, man. dude. Yeah, Twitter's. Oh. All over that. That's really sad. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, that is horrible. I don't know what to say. Like yeah. I was, yeah, everything. I gotta yeah, just say prayers to prayers. his family, man. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Thoughts and prayers, man. Thoughts and prayers. And. But we'll go. We'll switch gears a little bit. Get back to a little bit of some happier topics. Um, I will say there was all these kind of. In you know things happening over in Disney inc- involving creative differences, they didn't really know what to do with New Mutants. Now Captain Marvel two, the directors left from the first movie, and now they're in search for a new director. I know they're going to use the same writer for the WandaVision TV show, but they don't have a director still. And I was just going to ask you who you think could be some good candidates for director, because I'm sorry that first one Brie was a complete statue in my opinion. She was a statue, man. Um, yeah, it definitely uh, wasn't her best acting, and uh, that's crystal clear. And I don't know if that comes down to to writing or direction. I kind of have to, like, she's a veteran actor, so I kind of have to um, kind of force the issue that it's a little bit of her, her, her to blame. She she should, you know, know well enough oh, to create sure. some kind of character and give us something uh, without as much direction and much dialogue. I think if you, you know... She is as much to blame for her performance as I think she's willing to admit. Um, I don't want to, you know, get too personal with. I don't agree with the things that come out of her mouth. But as far as her acting ability, it she's better than that. Um, so you know, maybe if you bring in a director who has a little bit more energy, like I said, that's not the prettiest um, Marvel film. It's a little. I mean that visually. It's not the prettiest. It, it, it just. I don't think that that they put as much care into it themselves. So you can't really fault the actors. A fifty-fifty split. As far as bringing on somebody to revamp that character and give it a little bit more oomph. Um, the only person I can think about right now is Taika. You bring oh, in Taika Watiti, and then awesome you, and then. On. It would be awesome, but he's attached to so many things. That poor guy. Like I remember when I was liking Taika Waititi back when nobody knew who he was, and I know everybody says that, but what we do in the shadows was brilliant. And the, the uh, flight of the um, Concords, I think, is what's called, um, is just brilliant. Um, so he deserves everything that's coming to him. Uh, as far as I know, he's a good person and he's creative, talented up the wazoo, a good human. So um, his 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 style generates with me ragnarok um sold me on his ability to take a character that's kind of fading away and revamp it but give us a really but also revamp the phase of marvel that they're going through at the same time and give us something really cool to look at i i know that he um he, with taiga you get you're going to get witty dialogue she's going to she's going to be um vulnerable but she's going to be funny and she's going to be strong I, 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 you know, they, I'm just because she's a woman doesn't mean you have to have a woman director. I don't understand that. I don't under, I never did. Well, yeah. Um, and you know, they're looking when it comes for a woman, dude, when it, when it comes to finding somebody, it, it don't matter who they are. If they're the best person for the job, um, boy, girl, uh, whatever sex you are, whatever religion, whatever color skin you are, if your body of work is what they're looking for and they think you can bring it to the table, it doesn't matter who who it is you know i think that you know the late great penny marshall would have been great um giving us a woman superhero team like with what she does with her films but it's not throwing in your face feminism that's not how penny marshall did it but penny marshall's not around 
um, unfortunately. And I would, you know, Patty Jenkins, there's, uh, there's, I don't know, I don't want to necessarily say a woman is what they, what they need, but they really need is a really good script. Start with that. A good script um, come and back just to, a good director in general. Yeah. And as far as my pick, Leo, I'm going to say Taika, but that's kind of how I feel on it. I'm just very, ah, uh, I don't like her suit. I don't, she's like one of the suit. characters. Nah, she, um, <laughs> nah. no offense. But the suit in the comic books was sexy. What's wrong with being sexy? That thing's bulky, dude. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm not saying I don't want. I'm gonna. I know it's gonna get. I'm gonna get flipped for this. But I'm sorry, but it's a visual art form, and I'm always gonna be a purist. I don't care if 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 if, if and when it was created. Her uniform was different. Her attitude in the comic books was different. I don't like this version of it. I'm sorry. Um, give us a little bit more comic book accurate everything with every superhero movie that comes out um but it's just not possible so i'm not saying i didn't like it because she wasn't wearing that sexy outfit it, it just didn't do it for me um and the character even before that didn't do it for me really either like you read civil war 2 and uh, the, the comic book series and yeah you get a little bit about carol, carol dandruff Jandris. Jandris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry anyway leo that's my that's my thoughts I gotta go with um, Deborah Chow, man. She really impressed me uh, in The Mandalorian, Better Call Saul. I heard she's done some American Gods, which is a pretty good, uh, pretty good TV series. She's done an episode of Mr. Robot. Like she's been all over the place, and I think she could help this kind of dangling feeling that I get when Brie is on screen by herself, man. When she's not with Samuel L. Jackson, I just kind of am taken out of it. She has great energy with Samuel L. Jackson, don't get me wrong. Like, they're great together, and I like I like how well they play off of each other. But I just don't like her by herself. I'm I'm kind of just bored. Like, people are were, were saying that's an accurate representation of the character, and I'm like, no. Carol Danvers is stern, but she's stoic. She's got a little bit of humor. Like, Brie was just very. There's a reason why she's like, a captain. Yeah, she was trying to. And act they're not like such a. I don't know. She was trying to be have something to prove. I'm going to keep my head down and yeah. just be a snarty little. We needed her vulnerable. We needed to find out why she was doing what she was doing. We never really like in the film. We never found out why she wanted to be a pilot. Why was she so tough? Why was she always getting that montage of her getting knocked down and boom, boom, boom? And I never I really liked it, it because like, come on. she. It's like, okay, why? Like, you tell me why I'm so persistent and why I have never stopped fighting for my dream of becoming a filmmaker. It's because it's always been told to me that it's not going to happen. It can't happen. And whatever. It sounds cliche, but that's what keeps me going. There's, there's my backstory. We don't have that for her. We don't, we don't know why she's so, such a good pilot and what she ought to prove. You know, yeah. did her dad, you know, give her something a little bit to begin with. And then when she gets in her accident, and it changes her, like, and she becomes a Cree. Then you can, like, feel sorry for her. So when her humanity comes back out, she remembers who she is. We go, okay, Carol's back. But we didn't do that because Carol was never gone because we don't know who she was before. And now she's a Cree. And she's got, you know, what's his face? The British dude running around <laughs> trying to get her and, and stuff. Um, I can't think of his name. Jude Law. There you go. Who plays... Um, is he Marvel? Or, no, he's not yeah. Marvel. He's um no, he's no, I think, what's his name? He's some character. Well, you know, see, just, that's just how that bad, one, dude. That's right? How, it's that, that's how bad I've never seen were. it twice. That's what I'm telling you. I've never seen it twice. Like Shazam, never. I saw it and I go, eh, don't have watchability. And you know what? It's off topic, Leo. But I've not seen the Joker more than once. I know how you feel about the Joker. We won't go there because okay, but <laughs> oh, yeah, my favorite anywho. movie of last year. Uh, anyway, I got I'm saying Deborah Chow would be my pick if they just absolutely needed a woman director. Man, Taika's a great choice, but I, I got to go Deborah just because they are clearly pining for a female director. If, well, if not they're Deborah, pining like for a female Patty director, Jenkins would have been perfect. But she's here a you, Wonder Woman. Here you go. A female director, her name is Anna Martimucci, and she did a film called Holidaysburg. It's my pick if they're looking for a female. 
uh, Anna Martimucci. Um, Anna Martimucci or Marty Mucci. I can't. It's very. <laughs> it's very Italian. Something like that. If I'm not saying it right, just try to look it up if you can. She did a mo- uh, film called Holidaysburg. Um, I don't know her personally, but we've interacted a few times because I've known people that were on that set and worked on it. Uh, they've worked with me in the past. She's extremely talented. Um, anyway, that's my pick oh, if you want a. a female. A.M. Lucas? That's what she goes M. by, A.M. Huh? Lucas. Are you sure? Well, that could have been a long time ago, but oh, if yeah, you look up the director Anna, of Holiday, Anna Martimucci. Yeah, so it yeah, looks like she just go. changed her what she's credited as, but okay, that's fair. You said it's you my knew her, so that's your pick. That's your not, pick. No, I don't know her personally. <laughs> that's not no personally. I know of her, and we've had a few correspondence, but nothing huge. But there you go, if you want me to pick a girl. Okay. And we'll move on to our last piece of news today, which a <laughs> little bit weird. Disney ordered a Bambi live action remake. Come so on, good. man. Like, I mean, when are the live action movies going to stop? Oh, I have an answer. We They're stop. never going to stop because they do make right. a lot of money. The Lion King made a billion dollars. Aladdin made a billion dollars. They're all part of the billion dollar club. Dumbo didn't do well, but come on, it's Dumbo. It did Lady and the Tramp yeah. or Aladdin. I mean, oh, three out of three. You're, you're, if there's six live actions, if I'm right, and three of them didn't make a billion. Well, hold on, Beauty did. and the Beast. I don't think that. Uh, made a <laughs> I don't know. Uh, actually, I, that was actually uh, my favorite live action out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's mine too. If I had to pick one, like if I had to, if I had to pick, man, that, that would that would top the charts. Oh, no, Aladdin wasn't bad. Aladdin was. I didn't think Aladdin was. Like great. Jafar, Jafar was like, Jafar dang, was... they went for it, didn't they? <laughs> like he's just yeah, like a he's full the costume, cheesiest like... guy. Like, <laughs> right, I love it. Movie, I love it. Uh, I, love I did it. not like it. <laughs> But, I loved um, it because I was making fun of it. But anyway. But I gotta say, they gotta stop. What are we gonna see in this Bambi movie? A bunch of just prancing and jumping around from deers and elk and shit? Like, where? how much more can they do? Uh, I know. I'm sick of CGI. I'm sick of CGI. I know. What happened in the days of practical effects, man? Dude, I'm, I'm so sick of it. Like, do live action. Give me some real deers. Like, come on, give me, give me, give me some actors in danger from real animals. Like, I don't know. Or give me some animatronics. If they're animatronic and they're like, you know, Jurassic Park in the whole thing. Uh, give me something that's a filmmaker that gets me excited to see it. Not some actor who's standing four feet away from his original mark because he's got to make room for the fake shit that's not there. Ah, I'm just so done with that. And as far as the remakes, they're not going to stop. Like you said, Leo, you're exactly right, my friend. As long as they're making money and us, the audience, we're going to see them. I'm not. I'm not giving them money. Um, they're never going to stop. The originality in Hollywood has been dead for years. This is no secret. It's like it's like the stock market crash. It's like it crashes. Everyone's in denial. Now we're in the bottom of it. Everyone's going, what's going on? That's why Disney's in a uh-oh, uh-oh yep. mode. They're, they're, but it's uh-oh. not going to stop. I'm a parent. I know this thing's kids love that. My daughter loves Mickey Mouse Playhouse. Like it's she knows all the characters. She's two. And she, she loves, loves that stuff. She loves it. It's not gonna stop. It's 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 not gonna stop. The money keeps the on the Disney Bob Corporation. Iger. Yeah, huh? Bob Iker. There you go. He was Bob named Iker. number one business person on time of last year. That lets you know there's no plan to stop. It's always going to happen. It's just going to keep on coming. Disney's the empire. That's the freaking irony of it all. Yep. Empire. It's an empire. And it seems... What's odd is it seems like somebody would call them out for potentially Ooh. being a monopoly. But again, you're right. Who? Who can really say? Fox just sold to them. Universal's not going to knock on that door. The only well, person they retain, that would do it Fox is retains Brothers, the and news. they're doing the same thing. <laughs> they're like, well, they're we're all gobbling up these. So we're we're gobbling up companies and we're buying studios <laughs> and well, we might as well just let them let them be. It, it's, exactly. 
you get a streaming service and you get a streaming service and you <laughs> get a streaming style. service. <laughs> right. Um, it's definitely Hollywood's changing, my friend. Um, it, it, the early two, I think when I was a, a young pup in the early 2000s, I, I saw independent, there was a big independent boom, you know, like um, Kevin Smith style movies. And, and even though like he was a name before that, um, he wasn't well known. Those Miramax films, you had to be a deep cutting son of a B word to know those kind of cool movies, right? The pop culture didn't hit the landscape till the internet really like kaboom it, you know, going all over. And yeah. I, it, you know, Tarantino style filmmaking is just, it just, it went the other, it just, for some reason, the, the more expensive, the price of ticket got, the bigger budget these things got and the more spectacle these things got. And I remember when it was like one movie a year was the big blockbuster. You were setting yourself up for it. And now it's like every two weeks, there's the, this is the blockbuster every two. It's just, there's definitely changing going on. There's definitely a creative change. There's definitely an agenda change. Um, but nothing's ever changed is that the higher ups at these studios don't care about anything but the guy that gives them the spreadsheets and goes yep. if you do action movies in this market with this demographic with this people you get these dollars as long as those move those aren't moving all the art that could no one cares nobody cares no one cares no one cares so you know it's really naive it's something i had to learn the hard way and i had a huge ego when i was coming up is you got to understand the business side of it. So when I plugged myself into what I call my film school, it was my hard knock days of just I'm on set, put me to work. I learned the business side, yep, a little bit, and it, it, you got to think like that. And right now, that's kind of the direction things are going into. Uh, I, I, you don't really the days of like the Revenant, the days of like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, films, like um mary queen of scots those little tiny movies that are very just you would call slow and mm -hmm. methodical i call them slow burns but there's nothing wrong those films are, are dying they're being gobbled up by people buying rights to these cool things and making movies and sonic movies coming out who who the hell ever wanted a sonic the hedgehog movie <clears throat> give me one that's in <clears throat> cartoon form i'm sorry All right, fair, fair. i know you I love sonic say, I, I but was like really looking forward <laughs> No, but was the subculture screaming for it? No. no, no, it's a dollar sign pull and a move for me. It's never Sonic hasn't been relevant since 06 when Sonic, whatever it was called, came out on the Xbox. It was horrible. Um, oh, yeah, the it's Sonic just the Hedgehog remake. Yes, uh, so it was like I don't know, it's dollar signs for me, bro. That's all I see is dollar signs. It just reinforces my steadfastness to being like we talked about before we came on air, Leo, that I don't think I'm ever gonna be a system director or plugged into a studio. Um, one because it's a lightning shot in the bottle for that to happen in the first place, but second, because I feel like the more I look at my work and where I want to go and what I am doing now, it it I don't see myself directing those big scenes or writing those scenes. You know what I mean? Because it's just not my taste. I'm very traditional. I love practical effects. I love the old stuff. So I have not embraced the new, everything looks cool, but there's no story and everything is basically just an advertisement for Audi. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, Audi <laughs> is in every Avengers movie. Um, uh, it's, you know what I mean? The blatant product placement, the throwing down agendas in your it's face. It's, it's dollar signs. So there's how, you know, Hey, that's I, how the I feel bad for around, my, right? Yeah. You're right, buddy. All right, man. Well, Hey, was there any final thoughts you had for the news? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we had a really good conversation. I'm, I'm very, yeah. uh, we had uh, a great episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The the it, news of Kobe the news of Kobe threw us off a little bit. I'll know, just be honest with I, you. I will that's, say that's very... it, it threw me threw me off too. Cause man, I mean, who didn't enjoy watching a Lakers game with seeing Kobe Bryant play and one of the best players to come I've in the game? Seen him play live, and it's just like, oh man, that sucks. I know, it, it, man. Just the what he brings to the the 
what he brought to the league and his, you know, he was like Jerry Rice, buddy. They were all about getting better and they were workout machines and, and yep. they took their craft serious. And if, if that gives them an attitude, so be it. Kobe but um, that's just horrible. News. Sure was. Uh, a lot to be said about his uh, work ethic and what he brought to the NBA. So uh, thoughts and prayers, man, go out to anybody, his whole family and anybody who um, knew Kobe. That's just it's so so crazy. Hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. You don't know when you never know in this crazy world. Yep. It comes for you. It comes for everybody. It doesn't care what your stature is. It doesn't care how much money you have. Dude, just love people that you're around. Let them know that you love them. Life is short. I can really say on that. Yep. And I completely agree, man. With that (laughs) note. (laughs) Yes, sir. We will be back for another Sunday Night Geeks in the next few Sundays, guys. We'll be back every other Sunday for more geek and movie news and reviews, y'all. It's your boy Leo here with Chris. And guys, we will see you on the next episode of Sunday Night Geeks. Hey, guys. Peace.